I kind of feel like this cold-hearted beep person (laughs) sometimes, and I just, you know, I'm very business-minded, business-oriented. It's kind of like the job is work. We've all been in the creative business for more than 20 years and love almost everything about it. But we have to admit, there are times when it's a shit show. In this podcast, we're going to have honest conversations about the ups and downs of the design and marketing business and share ideas and support that get us through the day. And sometimes we'll just shoot the shit. So welcome to the Creative Shit Show. Hey guys, uh, we're back for another episode of the Creative Shit Show and um, curious how everybody's doing this afternoon doing great man i am doing so good oh i'm sorry Vaughn. <laughs> nope same here doing fine oh man awesome. that you know sucked. i <laughs> this is rough what's that what are you talking about that sucked <laughs> i can edit that just how slow it was it was just like oh <laughs> well hey you know i think what's funny about just that beginning is just how different we are you know um I think that's one of the things that makes the show really interesting. And uh, I always get made fun of at my house that I'm super emotional. Vaughn, do you think you're super emotional? Yes. My wife and daughters make fun of me when I get verklempt watching a movie. Do you guys cry? Yeah. Dude, I cry at freaking Geico commercials. I'm a mess. Publix gets me every time. (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, let's well, let's, talk, let's talk about this from a business standpoint. So, Karen, you've been on your own, you know, for a long time, and Jamie, you've you know, kind of taken a couple of different paths recently. What's it like for you guys? Like, how does emotions play into your, you know, work relationship? So, it's it's interesting because. I kind of feel like this cold-hearted beep person (laughs) sometimes, and (laughs) I just, you know, I'm very business-minded, business-oriented. It's kind of like the job is work. The job is not – it's a job, and I don't get too emotional about – about it where, and I think I can speak for Jamie and she'll, and she'll speak for herself, but Jamie, she's been on her own for a couple of years now and she really takes things to heart a little bit, you know, a lot more than I do. And, you know, I kind of have to talk her down a little bit and say, it's only work, you know, don't worry about it. Just make the revisions and we'll move on or whatever the process is. But Um, I do think that creatives as a whole, we all have, you know, emotion, we deal with emotion differently than I want to say, quote unquote, normal, um, normal employees do. And I think that a lot of managers don't know how to deal with creatives because of that. And yeah, but I have, a, I have a question though, because I'm going to call, I'm going to try to call a BS on that. 
Do you mean to tell me, Karen, like when you work something, work on something really hard, you dump all of your energy and soul into it. Again, I'm being a little overly dramatic uh-huh. and, and the client doesn't like it. You're able to not take that personally. I think we no. talked about. <laughs> <laughs> I James take it. Calling it. If you're speaking for me, hey, maybe we should role play. Okay. If you're speaking for me, I'll speak. Oh for yeah, you. that's role play. <laughs> I, I don't. I idea. don't. I really don't. And Jamie can speak for me because I could be. But as a whole, I don't think I take it all that personally. I do get offended when the client is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. That was a really good part. Okay. There's a, a, there's a difference. Some clients are just wrong, but <laughs> I'm not. But it's like I get offended and then I'm over it. I really don't. I think I am anyway. I don't let it, you know, fester. I don't think. I don't know, Jamie, what do you think? Do I, I like it? I think it just or? depends on the day and this scenario, you know? I think we can, I mean, there are days where I'm handling everything beautifully and, you know, you could be having your own issues over there and then, you know, <laughs> vice versa. I think, you know, part of the beauty of having a partner is you pick each other up when you fall. Right. And, and I think when I was working alone, uh, I had no one to share my emotional outbursts with. That makes any sense, you know? So I, I felt like it, they just kind of went into like a, an echo chamber, you know, right. and then I would get myself all worked up. But now I feel like I'm managing it a lot better because Karen will just be like, who cares, you know, or whatever, just go rewrite it. And like I said, a couple episodes ago, I think when I, when I get the feedback, even if it offends me and I go back and I look at the work, I'm like, oh, you know, maybe there's a point there. Maybe they did see something that I didn't see and I fix it and it gets better. Right. You know? Yeah. I would, yeah. I would say that I get more irritated about the, not the work, but the fact that something wasn't communicated to me to save me time. Right. Yeah. I get more offended and irritated about that right. than I the do process. the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then the work itself. That um, makes sense. Yeah. I mean, rather Again, than, you know, I don't want this to turn into some sort of like, oh, let's all complain about, you know, the way, you know, the way things go sometimes with clients, because we've done that, you know, right in the past. So to me, it's, it's like the conversation is why, why, do, why do you think creatives are so fluffy? Why, why, you know, why do you think that that happens? Well, I think the question is, why do creatives feel the need to please? Right. So just to clarify, that's what you mean by fluffy emotions, basically. Yeah. Emotions, but also that need to please. Yep. Yep. And the need to have validation that, you know. I think for me, Vaughn, I don't know what you think about this, but we're in an emotional business. And I know, Karen, you may disagree with me here a little bit, but think about what we do, whether you're writing or, you know, doing any sort of, you know, ideation or creative, you know, that's coming from somewhere magical inside of us. Right. And, Mm -hmm. you know, one of the things I, I try to share with students and even some of my younger designers that come work for us is you're going to do three directions for a client and think about it. Two thirds of what you're going to present is going to be not approved. 
right? Yeah. Sometimes all three won't. And that, I think there is a level of an emotional toll, you know, and depending on where you are in your career or how much time you put into it or how much, Karen, to your point, you felt your decision was right. <laughs> I think there is a, I think there is a, um, you know, impact on you over time. And I don't know, that's kind of how I felt about it. I don't, what do you think, Juan? Well, I, like Karen said, sometimes clients are just wrong. Other times on a project, there will be revisions and I don't necessarily think they're always uh, needed, but it's not that they're doing anything wrong. So those I don't have so much problem with. Um, it's when like they tend to change the goalposts. Um, the, the information they provided up front sent me in one direction. And then all of a sudden they're kind of contradicting themselves uh, with new input they have. And I'm going, well, why wasn't this in the brief that I had you fill out that type of thing. And, and then that's when things tend to go off the rails. So um, I, I, I think your point about most of the work we create as designers um, either is not going to be used or nobody is ever going to see. And I always thought a great book would be uh, designs never used or whatever, and just showcase artwork that just was just happened not to align with what a client wanted to do. But, by the way, the um, title has just been copyrighted by the creative shit show. Please continue. <laughs> well, when I spoke down at, at uh, the Adobe um, workshop last week, um, somebody asked me a question about, uh, you know, how many design directions I usually show on a logo project. And I made the comment like you did that, you know, over the years I've created more design than ever got used. And sometimes I like the ones that didn't get used more than the ones they chose. And I've chosen to show that on my site instead of what they actually went with, because I think it reflected better on the potential of what I can do, not the limited vision of a, a client might choose. And it, it's like, I tend to call it um, a creative renewable energy where you go back into your archives and you can grab ideas. And I do this for, uh, for um, name exploration. I save name explorations I've done in the past. And I, if a client comes up and it might fit with them, I'll go back and I'll kind of harvest from that. So I do that all the time um, in different projects. So I think that's, that's actually, it's a good creative habit is what I'd call it. Mm -hmm. I actually think that it's a lot harder on the writer side than it is on the creative side, because from my experience, clients seem to think that they can write. So as Jamie's laughing and they seem to think that they can, you know, they love the ideas that were given to them, but what about this tweak? And I think that there's a lot more thought process and strategy that goes into the writing or the overall concept development. And I know I've said this before, but I think that, you know, once you, if you have that down, the design can follow, but, and that's what's so wonderful in working in a partnership with a writer. But, you know, I think it's a lot 
easier for for clients to tear down writing, but for writers, you know, it's it's tough because those words sometimes are very few words, and one little change can really screw it all up. And I've I've seen yeah. it happen time and time and time and time again, where with design, most 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 clients can't do the design and they, while they, you know, they might make, I hate to say it, but really stupid comments about design (laughs) or ignorant comments (laughs) about design. You can some, hopefully you can walk them through it. And that's what's so important for, you know, designers to build their communication skills. If you have really great communication skills you can walk through it and explain to a client why you've done something. Like I just recently have, I'm working on a website and this client's looking at, he's like, why are there so many different colors and font sizes and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know, want to blow my head off. So, and then I explained to, and he's a very corporate type of a client an older man. And I explained to him, it's a visual hierarchy and blah, 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 blah. But as soon as I explained it to him, he, he didn't have an issue with it anymore. So, yeah, but you know, what about, what, what about the emotional side of that though? You know, kind of getting back to that, you know, so let's say, don't you feel that part of creatives, um, sort of maturing in their profession is to also figure out a way to have, you know, an emotional, you know, for lack of better terms, um, you know, uh, wall or ability to, you know, sort of reflow their emotions so they don't let that get the better of themselves. Cause I know when I started out really young, I'll be honest with you. I, when I get feedback, I would say stuff like, gosh, the client is, you know, an absolute idiot. Like, do they not know what good design is? Yeah, um, well, they they but, see things differently than you they, do. You, right, you they see things differently, and they don't, and they don't know what good design is. So Not I always, think, yeah. right, in most cases, they don't know what good design is. I truly believe that. So I think that they have an opinion, but they don't understand the big picture a lot of times, unless well, they're maybe a marketing person and stuff like that. But I think if you, um. I think you can manage your emotions from a situation by being able to control the situation, by being able to defend in a effective way. And, and believe me, I know that that is super, you know, for example, Justin, I'm thinking of, you know, your, your employees, or employees of any kind, junior designers that don't have a voice, then what do you do? <laughs> yeah, I think I think for for me, over the years, Karen, I think you said something that really resonates with me. I think over the years, I've realized that part of my role as a creative is to educate my client on why we did what we did and how it solves the challenge that has been um, put in front of us. And I will tell you that the vast majority of the time, I do not get emotional about that anymore. I can actually be presenting and see one of my creatives on the call and see their, their sort of hearts slowly melting because they're so sad about what they're being said. And I'm making a note to myself saying, okay, I need to make sure I'm follow up, you know, with X, Y, Z person. 
I think the only time I really lose it and um, this doesn't happen a lot because I, th- I think we do a pretty good job picking the right clients, but I would say once a year you'll have a client and I'm trying to go into this meeting with a good attitude, you know, or this conversation that is just super rude. Right. Yeah, and that makes, uh, all, that makes a difference. doesn't know how to give feedback. And, you know, right away I'm sitting here defending my, my team or not even talking about the solution. And I can tell that I'm getting upset and I'm trying to calm myself down because it's business. But also it's, I believe that, you know, we should conduct business respectfully. And so for me, from an emotional kind of, to use Jamie's term, you know, the fluffy side of things, I think that's where I still um, will get flustered. And it, it takes a lot to get me there, but uh, that is the point where I'm just like, listen, you're going to disrespect us because for whatever reason you're talking to us that way. How is that at all? positive or getting us to a solution you're just kind of being a jerk right yeah so those are my biggest areas of of emotional Um, pouring what karen said about uh, responding to you know obviously it sounded like a corporate suit type client and he was probably looking at the interface or the design aesthetic and like some clients, they just think, oh, they're just being artsy and they don't put any distinct rationale for why you did something. Well, what you did is you explained your rationale and why you made the decisions you made. And as soon as they hear that, I think it, it makes them realize that, that you're paying attention to not just doing something that looks pretty, you have a reason for why you're doing it. And I think that's a big part of it. Um, what Justin said about going into a meeting, um, I had a client earlier this year who was that way. They couldn't really define what they wanted. And I was just shooting in the dark on a bunch of different directions. And um, and then he decided to, basically, it was nothing to help figure out, okay, what will work or where should we go? It was more just to kind of uh, take a shot at like my creative work and, and, and reference it as, you know, well, this looks like clip art type stuff, which kind of pissed me off. And, um, yeah, it's, it's at that point that if a client's going to be willing to do that, then I probably don't really want to work with them anymore. So. Right. But for workable clients, you know, I feel like I'm trying to get more introspective and and trying to like to your point Vaughn you know manage the situation so um that it turns out a little better than it might have in the past um you know getting feedback like I don't like this you know isn't very helpful it's not going to help me what do you so I'm learning now when I send something over I never send it without rationale here's where I was coming from Here's yep. why I did this. I'll reference something that they said uh, from a conversation. Hey, I heard you when you said such and such. And so I tried to incorporate that here. That's smart. Um, getting better also about not turning in finished drafts of things. So if I'm writing something and I start feeling insecure about it and it's not, it, I'm having trouble formulating the thought, it's probably because I didn't ask enough questions or there wasn't enough conversation. So I'll actually just send over what I have 
<laughs> sometimes. And I'll be like, here's what I'm thinking. Is this what you were talking about? You know, and then that gives them before I waste all this time, because it can take me, you know, five hours to write, you know, a thousand word, you know, essay or blog post or something, you know, I, I just want to get ahead of it. So I'm trying to get ahead of it. And Karen said something a couple of episodes ago about just not coming with a finished solution. I think that's so important. And I didn't realize how important it was until after she said it. And I was like, oh, that is what I'm doing. And the feedback is getting better, right? Because then it gives the client the chance to refute. Oh, I didn't mean that when I said that. Here's the answer to your question. And then we have a better dialogue. The work is better. They're happier. And clients like collaborating. So they enjoy giving feedback and input. And when you come to them with a finished solution, and I sat in that chair, you guys know, and they would bring me something and it's so off base. And you're just like, I don't know how to discuss this. I don't know what to say. And it's, and it's like, well, here it is. And you're like, but is it? <laughs> right. Well, and, not- when client, and when you're collaborating, there is a lot less chance that you are going to come to them with something exactly. that they're not going to be happy with. Exactly. Right? And I used to think I had to bring them like early on. And I, I would think, oh, I had to bring them something finished. And now I realize that's not the way. It's just so much better. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I like your the the fact that you kind of affirm back to the client that something that they had mentioned or commented on was the genesis for why you moved in a certain direction. I think is that's really good. I remember years ago a creative director I work with told me that even if if he really wanted them to to buy into an idea and kind of buy the vision of where he had he would give all attribution to the client, whether or not they they really did it or not. And I go, well, isn't that kind of manipulating? He goes, well, yeah, but it works, you know? And he, he, I was amazed at how many times he goes, you know, in the previous conversations we had, you said this, and they might've said that, but they meant nothing about how he interpreted it, but they didn't want to correct him and say, well, you know, if if you think it works good and you're giving me credit for it, then they're more susceptible to to considering it. So now I don't make up stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, but I know. I, I'm just kidding, but I but I do uh, take copious notes. Karen knows during meetings, I write down very weird and specific things that people say during meetings because they trigger ideas. Um, and we've gotten to the point where we record a lot of client calls because, um, not because I want to throw it back in their face, but because I want to go back and listen to it and, and make sure that I understood the conversation. Cause in real time you're listening. Right. But then when you go back and you listen to it again, you're paying attention. Right. So, yeah. and a so, lot of what we do is really technical, but one yeah. of the things that I would like to talk about is because we all have direct communication with clients. Because of that, we can control and avoid or manage the clients with conversation. But how can younger creatives manage this situation? You know, because they're just sitting at their desks being told what to do and getting crushed because somebody delivering the project to a client didn't defend it in a certain way. How do we help younger creatives through that? I, I think the thing that helped me the most when I was younger um, 
was just thinking, okay, I can try to align with what I think might be the expectations of like my art director or whatever, my boss, or I could just take the information they gave me and, and create something I think would work. And I also like, and I'd rather do that instead. Now, if they come back and they want to change this or that, you know, I can't control that, but I can control what I show them. So I'm always, even though a client has certain, you know, I try to figure out in a general sense where they want to go, what they want to do, who their target audience is, all, all the standard stuff. But then um, if I think there's a slightly better way of communicating that, and it might go a little out of field from what they, uh, they stated up front, I'll still at least show them a direction that, that goes that way. But did you educate your um, account person about how to present it or why you did what you did so that they could defend it? Well, the, my boss at a previous job I had here in Oregon, he was the one that always presented it. We never really played a part in that, but he was pretty good at, at, at doing that. Although at times I, um, he, he wouldn't like, I don't know, pitch it the way I would have, you know, but mm-hmm. nowadays, like I'm, I'm rebranding a, a, a radio network now and I have to talk to their board of directors for the last two conversations we've had. And, um, they've been really, I mean, as far as boards and committees go, they've been really easy to work with, but it's interesting because, you know, they, they couldn't put their finger on why they didn't like this one design for one of the stations. And, um, but in the mix of just talking about it, I go, well, just explain to me like, like what you're thinking, like what, what, what do you think would work? Even if you have no idea visually, just encapsulate it in words. But a lot of times the designers and we're going back to the younger designers or create or writers, they don't get that direct feedback from clients. Yeah. That's Justin, Justin, what do you think? Yeah. Well, I think, I think it's really important. I think that's a great question. I think it's important to maybe state some things that I think are true. And you guys can share with me if you believe it or not, you know, going back to what we were talking about earlier, I think it's really hard in my opinion to separate our creativity from emotions. I feel like our emotions fuel our create our creativity or dampen it, right? They have an impact on it. So if that's true, then I think it's really important also for designers to realize that, I mean, think about when, even now today, I I still get super excited, but think about like your first great piece you wrote or you designed is, you know, and maybe it was terrible, right? Because it was your, it was your first or your early work. And so you're putting your, your, you know, your energy into it and your passion into it. And then what happens, right? You get feedback that, it's not awesome. Right. And it's, it's crushing. And so I think what's happening simultaneously, it's really unique in this industry is that you are needing to navigate your emotions on how to take this input and try not try not to judge yourself on it because it's hard not to do right. Because you're judged mm-hmm. on your output. So if you are constantly not getting stuff approved, I remember there was a streak here. One of our creatives, he was, he was so good. I think uh, it's when we did, I think it was the logos of book covers. I can't remember, but there was a streak where 
I think there was like eight or nine projects in a row. He was one of the two designers on it and his direction wasn't picked. And we kind of joked about it, not because we thought it was funny, but to try to lighten the mood. And he finally came to me and said, Hey, am I any good? And this guy was yeah, one of our best. Tough. creators. He just, yeah. he just had a bad run in this particular type of work. Right. And what I loved about his work is he was often the one pushing the look, right? So, you know, when we do uh, presentations, we usually will do something that's probably in the space the client is expecting, hopefully push them beyond that. And then it kind of goes out from there, right? And oftentimes we hope for the middle one or the one that's we think is even most creative to be chosen, but sometimes it's not. And he ended to typically was on the outside of it. And I was like, listen, just give it time. Your work is phenomenal. We're going to get there. And so I spent more time talking to him. So if creatives don't have an art director or a mentor at work to help them navigate that, that would be really hard emotionally. Because in my opinion, what's happening is you're constantly getting what you feel. And again, this depends on how you're built. You know, some people will look at that and say, wow, this is really constructive criticism. Great. I'll take this and I'll continue to evolve and I'll get better. And that I think is the right approach as much as you can. Where others are just like, wow, why is everything I do not good? What does that say about me? I don't think that's a, a conscious connection they put together, but I think it's there. Mm-hmm. And I still have it sometimes, you know, when we'll do something and I'm just like, gosh, man, that was really good. How did that not get chosen? Now I'm at the age now where I realize it's not, that's not validating me, right? As a person, but it's taken years to get there. So I think for, Younger creatives, I think it's really important to as much as possible to go into it and realize that Vaughn, what you said earlier, this is kind of a depressing statement, but it's true. And and it's just part of the world is we're going to create more things that are going to get denied or not used than those things that actually get used. So I have a little bit of a different uh, comment about the situation just based on having been in the corporate office and you were asking, you know, as a, I don't, I don't know, lower level employee is the right way to say it, but you know, you're not maybe in that management position yet. And so you're being, you know, told what to do or how to do things. I think, first of all, everybody needs to go pick up uh, Sam Harrison's book. It's called Idea Selling. And Mm -hmm. um, Sam is a very good good friend of mine. He's amazing. Um, And I had the pleasure of sitting down with him and having coffee gosh, long time ago at the Howe conference. And we were um, discussing just a situation I was having at work, nothing big, you know, but it was definitely, I wanted more, I wanted to get promoted, I wanted to move forward. And he said, have you ever tried managing your bosses? (laughs) That I was like, what? You know, he said, you have a lot of power, actually, sitting in your position to be able to manage your bosses the same way you might manage a client, right? And they don't even know you're doing it. I love that. So it's so cool. It stuck with me. I, I use it all the time when I am doing my mentoring with SCAD and talking to my son, you know, here in real life. But give us an example. Oh, gosh. I knew you were going to ask the hard question. Um, well, the same thing, right? So if you're going to be turning in work and you're working on a presentation or you're putting something together that you know you're not going to be presenting for yourself, so you're giving it to your, your, your manager comes to you and says, okay, I need you to fill out slide three, seven, and nine of this presentation. And then we're going to take it and we're going to go do a customer presentation with it. And so you, first of all, you got to read everybody else's notes and what everybody else has said. And then you got to go in and do 
you know, the work and write the slides. And then you want to, you want to go and edit everybody else's work because now your work doesn't match or you might feel it's superior to some of the things that you find in that presentation. So, you, you know, but I think when you turn in the presentation or you turn in the piece of work, whatever it is, design or writing or whatever, put the justification behind it. You know, I noticed everybody else was doing this. And so I followed suit. However, I feel like, we could change direction. Here's an idea. You know, here's something I thought of while I was reading through it. Or, you know, this your this client really is focused on XYZ, and we don't even mention that in the presentation. Is that on purpose? You know, and you're showing your value in a really super subtle way, you know, and they're like, wow, she notices something every time. And now it can be a negative because then you end up being the presentation editor or the, you know, the person who everybody goes, oh, Jamie will do it. Or, you know, just send it over to her. Um, what do they say? Give it to the busiest person, you know. Yeah. Um, I, can, can, I, can I share just one thing really quick? Absolutely. Um, and pardon me, I'm going to use a baseball metaphor, but I think it it applies really well is that every every creative person who creates design or maybe it's even illustration um, they have a design batting average, meaning not everything they're going to work on. It, it might just be, it might get the project done out the door, but they'll never show it to anybody. Um, or they might fail. They, they, they can't, uh, you know, their ideas aren't accepted like Justin was talking about, but you, you think of some of the players in baseball, like, uh, like Mike Trout, one of the best players in baseball, but yet he has batting uh, slumps where he's not batting very well. And in baseball, you only have to get three out of 10 at bat, a hit, three times out of 10 at bats to be considered an all-star. But in design, it's like you're kind of expected to play at that high level 100% of the time, but that's mm -hmm. not the reality. Execute, execute, right. execute, you yeah. know. It yeah, does wear on good. you. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. What, one of the things I want to throw out to you, this is one of those challenges I've had over the years as a manager is when I encourage my team to be like, Hey, sell me on this idea. You know, we'll do sketches or whatever else. And I'll say, and I'll look at, Hey, I like this one, this one, this one. And I, and then I, I always ask, what are the ones that you like? You know, a lot of times they're, we're similar, but sometimes they'll, they'll have a certain direction. I was like, okay, I don't see that working, but sell me on it. Like, tell me what you see, help me see that. And I love that process because I get to learn how they think. And, and a lot of times they talk me into it because it's a great idea and I, I'm just not seeing it. But have you been in a situation where you've, you've fought hard for an idea and, uh, cause you really believe in it and you know, it just didn't happen and you're walking away. Like, how do you process that? I'm thinking you can think about your younger self or even now. I mean, I think we all handle it a little differently now because we've been around the block a few times, but you know, what happens when you stand up for an A you, you really believe in and it still gets, you know, denied. I think when there's consensus that your idea doesn't catch on, you know, for me, I just back away. I mean, it's just to me, it's like I used to get hot about it and fight for every, you know, idea. I'm like, oh, this will be the next hottest thing. This is going to be what everybody's doing next, you know, and everybody's like, I don't buy it, you know. But I think the more, the more you begin to, 
I don't want to say like stop having ideas because that's not what I'm trying to say. But the more you begin to read the room and see what other people are thinking and and know to pick your battles, I think is probably the best way to say it. I, I don't, every idea isn't worth fighting for. And a lot of times when you walk away from that meeting and you realize that maybe it wasn't all that, you know, when you see the finished product of what everybody else came up with together. I don't know. I think I've just learned to walk away peacefully and be okay (laughs) with it, you know? Rather than kicking and screaming. Yeah. You just don't (laughs) feel like you have to keep like, you know, everyone in here is so stupid, but me, you know? I mean, when I was young, that's thoughts you have, you know? Why can't they see it? Why don't they get it? You know? Well, I I think when you're, you're younger, you like Savannah, when she started working with me, she wasn't used to art direction. She just drew whatever she wanted. And, and now it's like, you know, all art director at times. And I'll go, no, that just doesn't look right. She goes, why? It looks fine. I go, no, it could look better. And, and I'll try to explain it to her. And it, because she works on her iPad, this is the other thing. Like I'm trying to slap a piece of vellum on top of her iPad and draw on the vellum because I'm used to making edits like in analog and then she gets irritated and I With go an eraser. Yeah. That's so now funny. she makes a layer for me. And I was app. just going to say, that's what yeah. you need to do. And that's what, and I draw in red on top of it and show her, but she, she gets it now. She, she's, she doesn't fight as much as she did early on. And now she gives it right back. She'll art direct me on stuff and go, no, you don't want to do it that way. And I go, what, what's wrong with that? You know, and I'm doing the same thing she was doing. And that, you got a that whole was, family dynamic too. Wow. That's yeah, like a that, you know, father daughter thing. I wasn't, you know, I had been working on my own for 15 years when she came on and I wasn't used to, you know, having something, somebody on this side art direct me other than myself, you know? So, but she tends to be right. So I listen to it. Do you want us to keep that part in the show? It's recorded. So it's sure, there forever. That's, that's the reality. That. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in the long run, I guess, as we're closing out this conversation, it's, really about finding mentors in your business. Um, I have, I've learned from, even though I've been self-employed and on my own forever, and I haven't had bosses, quote unquote, as mentors, I've had older professionals as mentors. I've had conference speakers that I have met and had relationships with for years and, you know, kind of learned and followed. So it's just a constant learning of what you can bring to the table as a designer. And, and I know I've said this before, but, you know, the design is just part of it. And it's the, it's the, all the strategy and thought process and understanding the client that is going to help you avoid those emotions. I mean, I guess for me, it's about avoiding those emotions. So (laughs) I do everything I can to, you know, avoid them. Because believe me, in the past, I had a couple clients. And now as we're talking about it, 
I guess I blacked them out, but I remember being called by this, you know, even as a, as a self-employed person being called and at nine o'clock at night, Karen, and I'd get off the phone and I'd be like, Oh my God. And it's like, and then I still worked with this woman Wait, did you just admit? Years. Did you just admit to you having emotions? That's awesome. I was about that was to a say- long time ago, man. And I guess <laughs> I have blocked it. Up. I have learned. Number one, I have learned from my lessons, and number two, I have blocked them out, and I know who to work with and who not to work with. Yeah, but but Karen would like to have you believe that she's like cold heart, like she's get you know. But she has an ooey gooey center, and I feel like it's my job to bring that out of her. I get like really happy when she's super happy and I get sad when she's sad, but I, I, I don't know. Maybe I make Karen like feel things, <laughs> you know, yeah, I think, and there are I things where she's like, don't text me. Of, what is that? Things, what is that monster? A nougat? Something nougat? Nugget. Yeah, that's nougat. your new nickname. Nougat. I like nougat. it. <laughs> you know, I think Karen, rum, but with a rum, a rum center. Rum nougat center. Oh, there you go. She's Ooh. like those strawberry candies that your grandma had, you know, that are like crunchy <laughs> on the outside and they have something, some kind of jelly something on the inside. <laughs> Everybody knows the candy I'm talking about, too. Yeah. I was thinking about the gum. Remember the jewels, the gum that you, oh. it was. Oh, yeah. And it would like burst, burst in, in your mouth. Oh, yeah. so gross. Oh, I forgot yeah. about those. Yeah. Wonderful. It always tasted like toothpaste on the inside. It's so gross. And then it lasts like five seconds and you're like, gross. Yeah. Well, what about Zots? Oh, Oh, Zots were good. I like that. Zots were good. They like exploded in your mouth. Fruit Strike gum was good for about 30 seconds and then the flavor went away. (laughs) Okay, Justin, what what is your thought in closing? What kind of candy are you? Uh, I'm no comment. Um, it's another episode. Yeah. I think what this episode reminded me of is that what we do is, in my opinion, what we do is highly emotional. And I think that there's a, there's a, you know, a good side to that and a challenging side to that. The good side to that is that if you're able to realize that you're in a, you're in a creative business, right? And that creative and business is both separate and together. And what I mean by that is mm-hmm. you're going to be doing creative solutions for business. You're going to put a lot of emotion and time and effort and passion into it. But you also have to understand that it's a business and that some of those things are not going to be liked or accepted or, you know, taken seriously or whatever, you know, the results are. And that's okay. That does not define you, but what you, the sooner you can learn how to, navigate that and, you know, put the right information in the right spaces so you can continue to have that solution, then I think, you know, you are well on your way to be able to have a a healthy creative career. And by the way, I'm not advocating to let assholes run all over you. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that in a a normal situation, right? Um, uh, You know, to Vaughn, I've had, you know, tons of conversations with Vaughn where he showed me things that are, I think are amazing and the client didn't accept it. And, you know, that's still flummoxes me. Um, but this is part of our business. And so the sooner we can understand that, I think the better we'll be. Well, it's business. 
I it love makes for it makes for great horror stories later on, though. So <laughs> I always look forward to that, at least. Concepts from the Crypt. That's the name of your book. <laughs> yes, I love that, Jamie. That's actually I've been thinking a about good that for title. forty-five minutes. <laughs> Hold on, let me say that again. Uh, that title is copyrighted by the Creative Shit Show. Concepts <laughs> from the, the Crypt TM. I'll be the I'll be the legal department for our show. I'll write it. your intro copy. Okay, All right, Vaughn, any closing thoughts there? Oh, okay. no, that was my closing thought. That's it. Ciao, Bella. I'm out. Well, hey, this has been great, team, to talk about um, how we're all a little fluffy, even Karen. <laughs> I'm and, more of a zot. I decided <laughs> that is my... <laughs> Your spirit candy. Okay, I'm a, nerd, spirit candy. I'm a nerd's I'm rope. I'm a nerd's rope. Oh. Okay, what are you, Jamie? I'm a Tootsie Roll. I knew it! I knew it! I knew it! <laughs> That's I'm... what I would have said. <laughs> totally. Okay, Vaughn. Vaughn, you have to, you have to be a Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. Oh, you are a good and funny. I love it. Oh, that's so good. Uh, put in that the is... comments uh, what candy you are, listeners. We want to hear what kind of candy you are. That's a golden shit show moment. So thanks, everyone. Thanks, guys.